0: Listening to the Sermon Podcast of Brockport First Baptist. We are a progressive American Baptist congregation located about twenty minutes outside of Rochester, New York. To learn more about our church and support our ministries, please visit BrockportFirstBaptist.org. Our scripture reading this morning is Matthew seven, seven through fourteen page 788 if you'd like to follow in the Bibles and on screen. Ask, and it will be given to you. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks, receives. And everyone who searches, finds. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you who... If your child asked for bread would give a stone or if the child asked for a fish would give a snake if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will your father in heaven give good things to those who ask him in everything do to others as you would have them do to you for this is the law and the prophets Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the road is easy that leads to destruction. And there are many who take it, for the gate is narrow and the road is hard that leads to life, and there are few who find it. The word of the Lord for the people of God.
1: Thanks be to God. All right. Thank you, Luann. Thank you all for the grace that you give me every week when I make another mistake that's little. Um, I am sure if you were paying attention to the verses, they don't really go as well together this week as they have in the last few. Um, We are in a section now where we're getting just the last little bits of Jesus' wisdom before the narrative changes and shows how Jesus heads down the mountain to start his ministry of healing and miracles. Last week, we talked about judgment, about how we are to look toward others in love, walking alongside them in their struggles instead of just pointing them out. We talked about looking inward and finding our planks that Jesus is asking us to look at. And we talked about putting that stuff at the base of the cross. Asking Jesus for help, reaching to the only one who can start to heal those layers. Reaching also toward each other, toward a counselor, toward support groups, but always holding that hand of Jesus on the way. And today we see Jesus calling to us, inviting us to keep on this path, to keep working toward putting our stuff down In a few different ways and that's the thread we're going to continue pulling through the remainder of the sermon on the mount the thread of grace the thread of connection to jesus and the thread of love please join me in prayer father god thank you for continuing to guide us on this journey together thank you for opening our hearts and our minds Thank you for allowing us the opportunity to hold your hand through it all. We invite your spirit into this space. Open our hearts, open our minds for your message today. Lord, move me aside. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable to you, my rock and my redeemer in Jesus' in his name we pray. Amen. So we've talked a lot about prayer this summer, and I'm going to keep talking about it because Jesus keeps talking about it. God wants a relationship with us, and that only happens through prayer. We're going to reread the opening parts of today's verses to get us back in here. Verse 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. Search, and you will find. Knock, knock. And the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who searches finds. For everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asked for bread, would give a stone? Or if the child asked for a fish, would give a snake? If you then, who are evil, know how to, do, how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts To those who ask him. So, first, we're going to start with this passage is not talking about. We are not promoting a vending machine, God. This is not what God is telling us. We don't have to have enough faith or say the right words or keep doing the right things and then we'll get exactly what we want. This is not what God is asking for us through these verses. This is also not God as Santa Claus. Uh, no matter what we say, he's not saying that all we need to do is ask, seek, and knock, and all of our worries and cares will just go away. We cannot sit in a place of belief that the more we persist, the more we annoy God like a six-year-old the week before Christmas, the more we'll get what we want because he's now got our attention. When we start to think this is true, this is the time when we start to lose our faith in prayer. I find that people who are right at the beginning of losing that faith in prayer are in either one of two camps. We either think that God is so distant and so foreign and he doesn't really care that much that we kind of stop talking to him altogether. And maybe a little gratitude here and there or a little prayer for somebody else or we find ourselves over-spiritualizing everything and praying about every little bit that we lose ourselves then in that whole thing. And eventually we lose our faith in prayer and possibly God altogether when he doesn't answer every little prayer that we're shooting up. If we take a moment and really understand the prayer that Jesus is referring to, we may understand our own prayer life in a new way. We have a glimpse into what kind of prayer Jesus is speaking of when we open the Psalms. The average Jew had the entire book of Psalms memorized. The average Jew had the entire book. Show of hands, who has one Psalm completely memorized? A couple of you. Wonderful. Wonderful wonderful. But if I said five, how many? Exactly. We have to understand what kind of prayer that Jesus is referring to. There was a time in my life that I really wanted to be a doula. I really thought that um, that was going to be the thing for me. Uh, If you don't know what a doula is, that's a birth coach. It's somebody who walks alongside couples. In the last month, and into their first month, and specifically for that birth process. During this time, I had to have some practices, and I was 25 to 28 years old, so all my friends were having babies, so it was, like, perfect. And they're like, sure, you can come on in. Well, I got invited into this one um, couple's birth that I will never forget, uh, they decided that part of their uh, meditation and their process, they were going to learn Psalm 23 together. They didn't turn the lights on hardly at all. Candles were lit. She was in a bathtub. And every time she would be in the throes of another contraction, they would hold eyes with each other, and they would just start speaking Psalm 23 together. It It was one of the most intimate moments that I have ever experienced, and I was just on the outside looking in. It was beautiful. They did not choose to pray away the pain, because I don't know if you know this, that pain is just part of the childbirth process. It doesn't matter how much we pray against it. Guys, suffering... And that hurt, that's just part of the life process. We can pray against it, but it's still going to come. I spoke words together that were penned 3,000 years ago by King David, a broken man from his heart to a God who makes him whole. From our brokenness, we can cry out to a God who makes us whole. Part of our prayer life, though, it does need to be these petitions. We do need to ask and seek and knock. We should be asking for what God already knows that we need and already knows that we want. We can find these petitionary prayers throughout all of Psalms. They can form the heart of God is good even when we don't feel it. Even when we might not see it in the moment. Is God a good God? And will he respond to his people when we pray? Absolutely. But we may need to check our hearts, just like we've been talking about this summer, for the motivation and ask ourselves what we're really praying for. True, deep, Beautiful prayer life is marked by this goodness of our Father. A.W. Tozer says that genuine prayer is about a passion for God and an obsession with entering his presence. A passion for God and an obsession with entering his presence. This is the relationship that God desires. This is the ask, seek, and knock. Think about the first time you made a felon in love, or at least somebody that you love, or when you had your baby. Think about the beginning. You sit and you daydream about that person. You think about them. You probably have a pretend dialogue with them. You picture them in the room with you. You want nothing more than to sit in their presence laughing enjoying spending time with them, you soak up their very essence to store up for when you're not together. That can be the prayer life that you can have. This can be the way that you start your day, you end your day, and you spend your day. In and among you, I see some very strong prayer warriors in this room, and they have taught me something throughout this summer through their relationship with God and their prayer life, and it is beautiful. Following this thread of love, we're gonna move into the next verse, verse 12. In everything do to others as you would have them do to you, for this is the law and the prophets. So, what do we call this verse out in the world? The golden rule. We learn this at school, Um, often though, of course, it's not connected to the Bible, um, but it is very much a biblical principle. Prior to the coming of Jesus, we saw that the Torah had been expanded or multiplied to try to fill in every gap, every which way that an Israelite should and should not live. By the time of Jesus, the codes that were found in Exodus, Leviticus, and Deuteronomy had been expanded enormously with the writings of so many rabbis who had tried to understand and explain each part of the codes given to Moses. Jesus came to set us free, not from the morals and rights and wrongs, but to set us free from finding the exactness of each step. Jesus reduces all the laws of the Torah into this statement. Do to others as you would have them do to you. Or like we've been saying all summer, love God, love others. That's the essence of the law. Now there was nothing wrong with the way that the Israelites tried to interpret the law from God. There was nothing incorrect with trying to figure out what we are supposed to do in each and every scenario. We still have that through the laws of our country today. Coexistence with one another means that we do need to have specific order to follow. But Jesus gets right to the heart, gets right to the why, as found in the Old Testament. Check your motivations, check your hearts. Are you loving God well, and are we loving others well in everything we're saying and doing? This is such an easy principle to understand, isn't it? do to others as you would have done to yourself. I can guarantee you it's not as easy to live it out as it is to understand it. We are to love and do for others as we have loved ourselves enough to do for ourselves. So, if you eat food daily, yeah, we should probably feed those who need help. Do you get to rest and know that your basic needs are met? Well, we should probably make sure that we're helping other peoples get their basic needs met. (coughs) Do we have people who will sit and spend time with us and listen to us daily? Oh, maybe we should try to offer that to somebody, too. We are to extend our own personal self-care to those around us. But maybe you're not taking care of yourself well. Let's talk about what happens then. I cannot give you my peace if I did not take a moment to receive peace from Jesus. I cannot share with you grace if I am not taking time to receive grace for my many receive forgiveness if I don't take time to extend forgiveness to others this list can go on and on and on of course I love the message version of this uh, verse so I will share it with you here here is a simple rule of thumb guide for behavior ask yourself what you want people to do for you then grab the initiative and do it for them. Add up God's law and prophets, and this is what you get. Add up God's law and prophets, and this is what you get. Do for others as you would have done for you. Don't want people to be hateful in their language toward you? Make sure you're checking your own language. Don't want people using you for what you can do for them? Probably shouldn't use others in that same way. Don't want to be ignored? Don't ignore those around you. Don't want to be excluded? Make sure you continue to include those who are not included. Don't want to be yelled at? Check your own anger. Don't want to be judged? Check your judgment. The examples can go on and on We are hearing another Jesus invitation here. We are invited to start listening to ourselves. Listen to your inner monologues. You will learn so much if you take a moment and truly listen to what it is you are saying inside your head. Start listening to what you are complaining about. Pay attention to what you are frustrated by. Start listening to your passive-aggressive jokes. Trust yourself to understand yourself and start making some shifts toward change. Maybe you'll find a way in there to start paying more attention to others. Start loving God and others well by loving yourself well. There is not a single person in here or online that is unlovable. I am so filled with gratitude by each and every one of you in here today and each and every one of you that have tuned in. I am grateful. If you don't have enough love for yourself, I guarantee you I have enough to share for a little while. When we real, really boil this message down, we get down to empathy. Empathy is at the core of the golden rule. If we as Christians are truly living out the calling on our lives, it's this. We are to be people who are dripping with the love of other in a way that is undeniable we do not need to be known as those who are most intolerant we do not need to be known as those who are just trying to be good people either because guys there's so much more to life than these two places start growing in your empathy and you will start loving others better and yourself better i don't know about you but i want to be known as a person that people can count on, that will love them through whatever they've got going on. We want to be people whose very lives display the love of God has for each one of us. We want to be the people who care so much for others that it absolutely points others toward God and their all-encompassing love for them right where they're at, Because, again, nobody, not one single person, is unlovable. And here is a promise. The second you really start to ponder this statement, this golden rule in big ways, and you allow it to start to form you, you will be summoned to live under the king and as one of his kingdom citizens. Scott McKnight says if you start to listen to yourself in all of life, You will be led out of yourself into a life of loving others. Even when it's not easy, even when you don't want to, the more you dive into this way of being, the more it will change you from the inside out. Not easy, but you will be convicted to do it anyhow. To finish this thread of love today, we end in our final verses. Verse 13. Enter through the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the road is easy that leads to destruction and there are many who take it. For the gate is narrow and the road is hard that leads to life and there are few who find it. Loving others well is not easy loving god well can also be hard we can try as we may but if you remember one of my takeaways from the beginning trying harder doesn't work loving god and others well does lead us to that narrow gate okay so i found something really cool out that i'm going to share with you guys today Um, the greek word for the word enter is Eisei Hohmai. Eisei This is a term that means now, here and now, in the present, come, in the present tense. Jesus uses this word when he invites us to enter the life and the kingdom in multiple verses throughout the New Testament. Often these verses are interpreted to mean heaven and the end and talking about some future hope that we should cling to, making sure that we're doing all the right things, being the right kind of people, believing the right things about God. But Jesus is not talking about heaven and the future here. He's referring to the kingdom life that is right here at the edge of your grasp, right here in the now. This way of living, this loving God well and loving others well life, this isn't easy. But Jesus commands us to enter that narrow gate now. You can love, you will be loved, and you can be loved now. Jesus is this narrow gate. Jesus is the way and the truth and the life and the here and now. When we are living out of love of other and love of God, our lives work together in beautiful ways, not easy ways, not perfect ways. Not in ways that are empty and suffering, but in full ways. In ways that only following closely on the heels of Jesus will do. Jesus is not being some radical exclusivist, as this verse has been used against the world in so many ways. Remember, we have talked about Jesus' hyperbole all summer. He always speaks in big, hyperbolic terms to get us to stop and listen but there are choices to be made and he wants us to understand the gravity of this situation the choices that we need to make are daily moment by moment to keep Jesus at the center of all we say and do to keep love at the center and why does Jesus say that a few will find the gate I don't know if you looked out there, but it is really hard sometimes to find love. Loving others well can be so scary. It can be hard to look humanity in the face and share a meal. It can be hard to sit with somebody who's having a mental breakdown. It can be hard to sit next to somebody who hasn't had access to a shower in a week or three It can be hard to sit with the grieving, the lonely, the hurting, and look them in the eyes and listen to their pain. It can be hard to answer the phone when you see who's calling and you just don't want to listen. I heard a laugh there. It happens. It can be really easy to look the other way to follow the crowd, to ignore the inner voice whispering to you, telling you who you are, and to love yourself well in order to love others the same way. So I'm not going to talk about heaven and hell and final judgment because I want you all to sit and remember that we have one life. We have one life here on earth to live well, to love well, and to put God in that mix. Our moral life, our daily walk and relationship with Jesus matters. Our compass and where it's pointing us, it matters. Next week we're going to talk more about this gate, this entrance into the here and now with Jesus as our guide and what that looks like. But today, I haven't done takeaways in a few weeks, so I thought I'd give you some takeaways. First, pray. Keep asking God. Keep seeking God. Keep knocking on this gate. Guys, this is for anyone who is willing to enter. This is for all of us. We can enter this gate together. We absolutely have all that God has promised us already. We just need to keep taking one day at a time, living one moment at a time, with love of God and others at the very center of our being. Take the time. Prioritize your prayer life. Allow God to speak into your inner being in new ways. Allow for God to sit with you and love you well so that you can love others well. Make sure you're asking seeking and knocking on those on the right doors that you are allowing god to know what is on your heart and in your mind so your relationship continues to grow deeper and closer together in beautiful ways when you sit with god you might find some new things about who god made you to be jesus then asks us to follow him with our whole being through that narrow gate, which leads us to this next takeaway, now. There is some far-off hope that we can cling to, of course, but more importantly, there is hope right now. Jesus did not come as the good news to talk about some weird future time. He talked about it now. We can have the life that God has designed for us right now. We have choices laid out in front of us, and all we need to do is to keep sending up those petitionary prayers to God, keep showing up, keep placing our worries at the foot of the cross, hand over our stuff as it creeps up. Allow God to be with us each step of the journey through that gate and beyond, continuing to place our baggage down. Kingdom life is far more than heaven, Kingdom life with Jesus is now, which leads us to our final takeaway. Today. Maybe you're still holding on to something. Maybe you're still struggling truly giving time and life to God. You may be working through something. Keep going. Keep going. I want to encourage you that you can enter this gate and start following Jesus without being perfect. You don't have to have all your stuff together to show up and sit with Jesus. Discipleship is not about what you're doing right or what you're doing wrong, but it's about choosing to align yourself with the life of Jesus, choosing daily to pick up the cross of love and life for others. It's about the journey. It's about the walk. It's not about the destination. You can decide today to make a different choice if you're feeling like God is asking you to adjust your path. You can hand over the things that are holding you back. You can reach toward that hand of Jesus who is ready to walk that journey with you. You can, I say, You can choose to enter today. There's not a special prayer or a dedication of your life that needs to be done. Jesus just wants you to start talking to him. Start praying. Start walking. Push into community. Find some people you like to walk with and take a step with them. There's always a lot going on around here, so come join in. You can come alongside various ministries to volunteer, get to know us. Come fall, I'm sure there will be book studies or Bible studies offered. You will have chances to dig in and see this Jesus one day at a time. I've invited Claudia to come up and share with us the prelude one more time so that we can sit in a few moments of silence together, to sit in this message, to sit with these words just to give you an opportunity to see if God is moving anything within your hearts and with your minds. Join me in prayer. God, you are so good. Thank you. Thank you for wanting to have us come to you with all our petitions. Thank you for loving us well. Help us to love ourselves well so we can love others in your name. Help us walk through the hard stuff with you. Help us to make the hard choices and really following the call you have placed on our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. You can connect with us on Facebook at Brockport First Baptist on Twitter, at BrockportFB, and on our website, BrockportFirstBaptist.org. Our theme music was composed by Scott Holmes. This has been a production of Brockport First Baptist.